0: One. Hello and good morning everyone. Welcome to another edition of live stream Sunday school for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. Welcome. It's 930 Eastern Standard Time, 630 Pacific Standard Time. So if you haven't set your clocks back, you're not seeing us right now. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and get started with some music uh, to get ready for additional... Uh, Praise and Worship. I just want to praise you. Uh, It's coming through right now, written by Robert Frierson. We appreciate you being here. Rametta, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Roscoe, Brother Roscoe, good morning. We appreciate you being here. Ronnie, good morning. I'm going to trust everything went well with the surgery. Mr. Gaines, Delia, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Amen. Brother Nate and Marnell, good morning. We're covering all the time zones now, everybody. Bev, good morning. We appreciate you being here. Everybody enjoy that extra hour of sleep? That's all right. Every day is an adventure. Nitra, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you being here. He is worthy of our praise, amen We appreciate you being here, thank you so much Good morning to everyone here in our church audience as well, too. Appreciate you being here. Angie, good morning. Thanks for jumping on with us. Jackie good morning Coffee Amen <laughs> Amen Amen All right. That indeed was. I just want to praise you. I think it's the Alfred Street Baptist Church Choir, is if I recall correctly. I want to make sure I have the give the proper credit for that. But uh, we appreciate you being here this morning uh, and getting started with another edition of live stream Sunday School. Uh, it's like I mentioned. It's a it's always an adjustment when we turn turn the clocks back or turn the clocks forward, especially when you turn them forward uh, in the spring. We are. We just had a brief conversation this morning, Me and My Bride. We're not looking forward to that at all. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. One of these days, we're going to stay on daylight savings time. All right? All right. So call your congressman and light a fire under him. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, Sunday school. We appreciate you being here. We have some announcements to make before we get into that. Um, First and foremost, uh, for those of us in church today, today is Communion Sunday, and we're going to have communion. We're going to get together and um, do the proverbial uh, sample of breaking bread and and having uh, uh, that uh, and drinking the the wine, which is Mm -hmm. juice, of course, but that'll be taking uh, taking place after the morning worship service here. We do that every first Sunday, and we appreciate you. Participating in that, of course, here, those of you here. Next Sunday, we're going to be starting a new ministry in our church, and I wanted to mention it especially for those people here in this room because it's supposed to take place here after Sunday school before the worship service. Our prayer ministry is supposed to be kicking off next Sunday, um, and essentially, it's going to be gathering together here uh, in this area. Uh, with about 10 to 15 minutes tops of prayer, because that's going to be the time between when we end Sunday school and when we begin our uh, worship service at about 1045. Um, I'm very convicted about making sure that we get into the habit of praying uh, for different things, different people, different situations um, that we have. And I'm, I'm leaving it up to the people who have volunteered in the ministry to come up with those topics, so we'll have a brief conversation about that between now and next week, but it will take place immediately after Sunday school next week and before the worship service, and for those of you online, we're not going to be neglecting you either because there is a plan to eventually start the same prayer ministry online, whether we do it here on Facebook or do it by a Zoom call, we haven't determined that yet, but we are going to be looking into that. So just wanted to make sure you're aware that this prayer ministry is something that we want, to have, want it to have legs. We want it to get going and be a regular habit of our church. We'll be doing it every two weeks. So the plan is to do it every second and fourth Sunday here. And prayerfully, we'll have a lot of people who want to participate in that. So we'll see how it goes. We're going to give it a shot, but we think it's um, it's very important for us to be in prayer and focused on prayer specifically. Um, These are for all the individuals in the church who want to continue to make a contribution in our ministry. And one of the most important ways you can do that is to be in prayer with the Lord and seeking his face, making sure that you're obedient to his will, focusing on what his will is for your life, focusing on what his will is for our church. That is exactly why we're doing what we're doing. Next Sunday, we'll start out immediately following Sunday school. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We also want to encourage people through the uh, worship, through giving, praying for what your contribution will be as far as your tithes or offerings are concerned. We, um, for those of you who are not here in church, you would mail your tithes or offerings, if you are so led to do so, to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio. 44320 that's Akron Alliance Fellowship 688 Diagonal Road 443 Akron Ohio 44320 make sure i said the address correctly but we appreciate you giving that prayerful consideration as well too and thank you for the contributions so that we can continue to maintain the building and do what's necessary within our ministry here benevolent offerings all those things that take place within our church We're so pleased you could be here this morning. We're going to go ahead and get started with our Sunday school lesson. This is a continuation of the conversation that's taking place where Jesus is uh, now going to go before um, Pontius Pilate. Uh, You'll probably remember I mentioned last week that this whole thing about Jesus being arrested, of course, he's being arrested on false charges. He's have false charges are being brought against him. It's a very chaotic time. There's a lot of confusion that's taking place. And even the people that are seeing Jesus and looking at him and looking at, frankly, how innocent he is, they really don't want any part of this. But yet, they still are a very important part of this whole aspect of Jesus fulfilling his mission to go to the cross uh, for us. And so we have to recognize that as well, too. But we're just pleased you could be here. And we're going to go ahead and get started now and get into our Sunday school lesson with a word of prayer. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time that you have given us to look at your word and study your word. We thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, we pray that you teach us, that you indeed help us along day by day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you for... Allowing us to focus on your word now and focus on what you're trying to teach us. And we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you continue to do in our lives. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles electronic devices to John chapter 18. We're going to look at verses 28 through 40. John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. We were in the first part of John chapter 18. Well, the first part last couple of weeks, actually. And we're kind of deliberately going through this slowly. We don't want to cover too many verses at one time for one thing. But we're going to see Jesus is also going to be speaking within this text as well too. And I want you to always look at something like this and recognize that there are going to be times when you're going to face injustice. You're going to be uh, face injustice and deal with things that are not comfortable but there is always a good response that you can have to that stand firm in the lord stand firm with your convictions stand firm stand firm excuse me with relying upon not your own personal righteousness but on the righteousness of jesus because that is who you represent and that's what we're going to see here as we look at this passage We're going to read verses 28 through 40 of John chapter 18. I'm reading again, as always, from the New Living Translation, just to make sure that we have a really uh, readable version. Not to digress, someone actually texted me, not texted me, sent me a message online. Sent me a couple of Bibles that are actually readable. (laughs) It's interesting they would make a, a, a case like that because obviously the default in many cases is the King James Version. Well, we don't speak the language of the King James Version anymore. We, don't, we haven't spoken that language for 400 years. But the New Living Translation is a very easy-to-read easy version, very easy to comprehend. But we always also challenge you to pick up other versions as well, too, for comparative purposes. The Christian Standard Bible is another one. The English Standard Version is another one. Um, those are also recommended for readability, but it doesn't make any sense for anybody to be reading the word and you don't understand what you're reading it just doesn't make any sense so I'm always going to stand on that and you know if someone wants to make an argument for reading a, a more difficult reading version that's fine but um, I'm just going to tell you I think God intends for all of us to understand his word clearly and completely not just partially not just you know you know who drove after you read something no you have to understand what's being read so Let's start with verse 28, John chapter 18. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. Verse 29, So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? Verse 30, We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. Verse 32, this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Verse 33, then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Verse 35, am I a Jew? Pilate retorted, your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? Verse 40, but they shouted back, no, not this man, we want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. All right, we're going to stop there. And that's the reading for today. John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. The focus is going to be on, of course, Pontius Pilate. Um, we, we have a br- very brief focus on Caiaphas because he was there. Um, and it, it now comes to the point where The Jewish leaders are kind of handing this man over, handing Jesus over to the Romans to make a judgment decision to execute him. They did not want to violate Passover by going into places where they're not supposed to because they would be defiled. They wouldn't be able to celebrate the Passover. And we're going to see Pontius Pilate. We're going to also see Pontius Pilate in a passage in the future, uh, at least next week, and getting further into it about how Pilate really doesn't want to have to do this. I think it's very fair and safe to say that. He does not want to deal with this. He doesn't want to have to address dealing with someone, especially when he sees Jesus face to face. Jesus has nothing but innocence is probably coming directly from him. And I'm going to trust that this encounter was very uncomfortable for Pontius Pilate. We've already seen how Annas and Caiaphas, that are the high priests, are involved here, and they just didn't want to have anything to do with this. They wanted to pass it on to Pilate. Pilate has to deal with it because he's the governor. In the state of Ohio, if someone is going to be acquitted, If they have a death penalty, for example, they have to go to the governor to make an appeal to have that ruling modified or reversed or stayed or whatever it is, right? So the governor, he's the head authority here for uh, for the group. And he is in a very difficult situation. He wanted the Jewish leaders initially to deal with it. Let's go to the top again. Let's go back to the top and just read through verse 28, John 18, Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning and he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. And what this means is essentially the, the Jewish people who were there, they couldn't go in. That's why they were talking to him from the outside and he's going back in and going back out. They didn't go inside because they essentially would say that if he he went into this area where the Roman was, they would be defiled. It would rob them of their cleanness. Now, let's look at this for what it really is. Are these people who are convicting Jesus of a crime that he didn't commit or wanting to convict him, are they really that clean? They're not clean at all. It's very ritualistic here is what we're looking at. But they didn't want to be defiled, so they stayed outside. And again, they kept the ceremonial requirements of their religion. But they had, according to the comment, murder and treachery in their hearts. So it's all just a big act. I had a conversation with my bride about the importance of having discernment. Not everybody that you associate with or want to or comes in contact with you, even though they smile on your face, they may have treachery in their hearts. There's some old songs that come to mind when we think about that. Uh, The Undisputed Truth. People don't usually know, remember, who is the Undisputed Truth? They're the ones that did the song Smiling Faces Sometimes. It was a hit song for them, like a one-hit wonder. But that was the name of the group, The Undisputed Truth. And guess who Jesus is? the undisputed truth bringer. He brings the truth. The truth is is that these people have no, even though they want to not defile themselves, they were already defiled with heavy-duty sin in their lives. Let's look at verse 29, John chapter 18. So Pilate the governor went out to them and asked, what is your charge against this man? What is your charge against this man? And I love how they answer the question. We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Now, that doesn't even answer the question. You notice how sometimes when you see people, when they try to evade what ultimately is going to lead to the truth, they won't even answer the question. When you start talking to people who know that they already are doing something they shouldn't be doing, they'll they'll evade the situation. They won't answer the question. We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Well, of course, that was a lie. <laughs> but Pilate was in charge of Judea. That's, this is the region where Jerusalem was located. He was in charge. He was in, in charge as a governor from A.D. 26 to A.D. 36 because you'll actually see something about Pilate later on. Um, he is also, he's part of all of this. Pilate was unpopular with the Jews because he had he had some unscrupulous moments, too. He raided the treasury uh, to build the aqueducts, uh, the, the 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 waterways within the area. Um, but, interestingly enough, even though he didn't like the Jews, he found Jesus to be innocent. He could have lumped Jesus in altogether with the other Jews, but... Something told him not to do that. He was innocent. That's what he saw and that's what he recognized. And so when they answered the question, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, Pilate knew what was going on. He knew that they were trying to frame this man. They were trying to railroad him and keep him. Um, They wanted him to be executed. And... Pilate did not want to be put into that position to be an executor, executioner, excuse me. So, in order for them to execute their crime, they had to have permission from the Roman leader because only the Romans can execute someone. But where was the evidence? What did he do? What could he have possibly done that deserved death? And you have to understand something about Jesus here. He was a, a pawn in that political struggle. I'm becoming more and more disenchanted with politics because a lot of politicians or a lot of politics is also based on grandstanding and agenda pushing and it's just getting to the point where I just want to turn off the TV. I don't want to watch stuff like that. And I really don't watch it on TV. I see stuff on YouTube. And it's just, it's very disheartening. But Jesus has is, is fallen into the same situation. He is now being used as a political pawn in a power struggle. Who, what's the power struggle? The religious leaders, the Jews, do not want Jesus to be in authority. He has won the hearts of hundreds of thousands of people in a very short period of time. And they wanted to make him king right then and there. And the Jewish leaders don't want any part of this because once they lose their authority, they'll never get it back. And that's the political power struggle that we're talking about. That's what's going on. And honestly, Pilate didn't want to have anything to do with this he didn't want to deal with it. Verse 31, back to John 18. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. So Pilate tried to put it off on somebody else. He was going to try to find a way of escape. We will read that later on down in verse 39. We get to that. And there will be others that we're going to see when we get to John chapter 19 as well too. He's going to, he would rather uh, in the future have him flogged rather than turn him over to, to death, execution, the de- execution of death. And he tried to appeal to the accusers. Well, they didn't want to have any part of that. So now this is a dilemma for Pontius Pilate, a real dilemma you know you have an innocent man before you. You know that they're trying to railroad this man. But we have to understand something that's very important here. And John points this out in verse 32. Your Bible may have it in quotes. I don't know if it does or not. It is, it's in quotes in my Bible here. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Remember, Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what's in front of him. This is what he prayed over and agonized over before he got to this point of being arrested. He knows what's going on and he knows that this is, while it's a very chaotic event, a very confusing event, a very troubling event, he's aware of the path that he has to take for the purpose of what? Our salvation. It's a path that he has to take. He has to lay down his life for us There's no half greater love than those who lay down their lives for their friends. And Jesus has called us friends. And what he's doing is now he's going to give his life for us so that we have an opportunity to have eternal life. Without this sacrifice, what have we got? We don't have anything. That's one thing we need to recognize about what Jesus did. We need, and we need to recognize it with confidence. Jesus knew exactly what was necessary for us to experience eternal life. And He did it because He loves us. Loves us. That's a love that He has. And I'm thankful that He loves us more than we can ever imagine. In verse 32, the prediction is also made in Matthew and, and further back in John. Let's go to Matthew 20. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 20. When we talk about prediction, we can also just say it's prophecy as well too. It's, it's the same thing. It's a prediction that's made. Jesus uses his own words in Matthew 20 verse 19. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Now that doesn't sound like somebody who doesn't know what's going to happen. It sounds like he knows exactly what's going to happen because he's telling us what's going to happen. They're going to hand him over to the Romans. He's going to be flogged with a whip and crucified. Jesus is using his own words to describe what's going to happen to him. And go back to John, but I want you to turn to John chapter 12, verse 35. Something we've covered already in our study. And this also is going to allude to the confusion that takes place too when he goes to the cross. The confusing time. And let's face it, the people are bewildered. Here this this man made a triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a colt and they were proclaiming him as the king. And they refer to him as the king of the Jews. Well, that's, that's true too. He's the king for all of us. But at the end of the day, he was being proclaimed as a king. But look at what it says in verse 35 of John chapter 12. And I'll go ahead and include verse yeah verse 35 and 36. My light, Jesus replied, My light will shine for you for just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can. Ooh, walk in the light while you can. So the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Verse 36, put your trust in the light while there is still time, and you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. That verse has application for the time that he's going through this, it also has application for everybody else who's straddling the fence and basically not making a commitment to acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That is tragic because there's going to come a time where the light will shine. We can say the age of grace right here. The light, the light is shining right now. We're in the age of grace right now. But there's going to come a point where you're not going to be able to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. There is a time element to this. Why are there so many people who fail to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when they see the evidence of Him, the light all around them? They're being surrounded by people who acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. And it's about believing. Alistair Begg had a a video online that was very interesting. And he was saying that there are people out there who are still looking for Jesus to prove himself before they make a commitment. Really? Just prove himself, huh? So it's not enough, like he said in the video, not enough that he fed 5,000 people. It's not enough that he healed people. It's not enough that he brought Lazarus back from the dead. You're looking for more proof. Or are you just labeling those things as proofs as fairy tales just to make a decision to say you don't want to make a commitment? Remember what I said last week? Some people just don't want to make a commitment, even though Jesus is right there in front of them. And let's face it, that's exactly what happened right in in Jesus' own face. There were people there who saw what Jesus did. They saw the miracles. They saw the things that were taking place. And they still decided, I don't care. I would much rather do what I'm doing. I would much rather live the way I want to live. I'm in control of my own destiny. Okay, you go ahead and you think that. You go ahead and think that. And we have to come back to the fact that our responsibility as believers, that's for everybody on this call and everybody in this room, we need to keep proclaiming the Gospel But let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest of the business. You can't arm twist anybody into believing in who Jesus is. And you shouldn't be. That's not your role. That's not your responsibility. I mean, Jesus doesn't do that either. He doesn't twist anybody's arm. You have to decide you want to do it for yourself. So, the light is about to go away here during this time. Let's go back to verse 33 of John 18. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you... The king of the Jews, he asked him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Now, this, when you answer a question with a question sometimes, this allows for greater thought. I don't always advise that. But in this particular place, Jesus knows who he's talking to. And Jesus knows that Pontius Pilate is a person who hates the Jews. He knows all about him. And so are you just saying this because somebody else said it or what do you think? That's why he asked the question. Is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus wants to see Pontius Pilate believe in him? Absolutely. 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 He wants Pontius Pilate to believe in who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't waste his words. When he says that he desires for every person to come to a saving knowledge, he means everybody. And that's even before he went to the cross. So Pilate answers, verse 36 Oh, pardon me. Verse 35. Sorry about that. Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So Jesus is making a statement, a factual statement. Verse 37, Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true but look what it says though. All who love the truth, all who want to hear the truth, all who want to recognize the truth, understand something. Those who don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord don't want to acknowledge truth. They'd much rather live a lie in a false way. Even people today who are deluded and living in such a manner where they believe in multiple genders or doing whatever it is, They're living a lie. God forbid you say that to their face. But they're not living in truth. They will make it their own truth, but it's still not truth. Jesus' words here, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth all who love the truth recognize that what i say is true so jesus answered pilate's question are you a king truthfully he said what he said who he was but he also pointed out that his kingdom is out of this world now our world is part of that kingdom but we need to understand where Jesus came from. He didn't come from here. He came from there. The kingdom above. And we ultimately are His servants, those who acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord here on this world until we go and meet Him and be with Him. And we have to recognize that these words that Jesus are giving to Pilate are very strong, very powerful. And you got to understand something. When you're having a one-on-one with someone, it's not written down per se, but Pilate is having this one-on-one and looking Jesus in the eye. That had to be a very interesting encounter because Pilate is convicted, as we'll see later, He hasn't done anything wrong. This man is innocent. He is not guilty. And you better believe that that's something that we need to see and understand too. We need to recognize in this world that we live in today, believers are going to be persecuted even though they stand for truth. and that's what we have to recognize as believers in Jesus Christ. And we are persecuted. I mean, sometimes we don't even know what the persecution is because we don't recognize it, but sometimes we might be shunned, might be pushed to the side. But we have to recognize that that's part of what we have to do. It's not going to be perfect until we're with our Lord and Savior. But Jesus is innocent of every any crime. But now, let's look at what Pilate's response is. And this is talked about a lot. In verse 38, John 18. What is truth? Pilate asked. And he goes out from there. He stops. What is truth? Now, Pilate, an argument can be made here that he's rejecting truth altogether. Well, I can see where that can be inferred. We don't really have all the details as to what happens to Pontius Pilate after these encounters. But he's saying, what is truth? It does question whether or not he believes that Jesus is telling the truth or not. I think he does believe it, but he's making it truth as relative. Truth is relative. Well, truth is never relative. Truth is truth. Truth is not relative. Truth is not something where it's it's true in this situation, but not true in another. Truth is always going to be truth. And sometimes, let's just put it out there, the people who still haven't acknowledged Jesus as Lord, they're having a uh, mental gymnastics are taking place in their minds as far as what truth is. Mental gymnastics. I like that term. I just thought of that. When you think of Simone Biles, the gymnast, right? Simone Biles is jumping and doing flips and sticking those landings. And I don't know how she does it, but she's obviously built for it because not many people can do that. And the older you get, it gets tougher and tougher to do. But these people who are wrestling with who Jesus is, they are going through the ultimate mental gymnastics, trying to figure out what is truth. And that must be Pilate. That must be what Pilate is going through. And maybe he was being cynical. Maybe he was being. He's still trying to figure it all out. But remember, he's already compromised. He already, you know, has done things that he shouldn't have done. He knows that. He's done things. How he's treated people. So he goes out, verse 38 again. He went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. Now, you don't come to that conclusion after a conversation with Jesus and you're the authority, you're the governor, you're saying he's not guilty of any crime. You're telling them he's not guilty of any crime. We need to see this and recognize it for what it is. So here's how Pilate tries to get out of this. Verse 39. "But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover? Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? Pilate's saying, hey, look, let's get this over with. Let's get this done. He's not guilty of a crime. Would you like this king of the Jews? But they shouted back, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. He was a rebel against Rome. He had committed murder. He might have been a hero among the Jews, which I hadn't thought of before, but he was Jewish. And, you know, the Jews didn't like being governed by Rome. They didn't like anything about what they were doing. So they would have these rebellions or they had these things or these breakouts, so to speak. But they wanted Barabbas instead of Jesus. Jesus was the only one who really could help them, but they denied, they didn't want his help. Jesus lamented about Jerusalem. He, you know, he wept over the city because they didn't want to have anything to do with him. They had rejected him. And this is just more of a continuation of what's happening, what's taking place here. There is this ongoing rejection. But remember, Those who choose to recognize truth see truth for what it is and they acknowledge Jesus as Lord. We are going to run into people like Pontius Pilate who are cynical. Cynical about what it is to follow Jesus Christ. You have to continue to pray for these people that as they do their Mental gymnastics that the Holy Spirit shows them what the truth is. Can we honestly say that Pontius Pilate totally rejected Jesus? There's no way for us to say that. We don't have any indication of that in Scripture. We can only imply. Well, we can imply. We can we can say readily that he didn't want to have anything to do with this. That's the confusion. That's what's taking place. An innocent man was being tried for murder. He hadn't done anything. Pilate was trying to get him out of this situation. He did not want to be, for whatever reason, have on his conscience convicting an innocent man of murder and basically threw it back on the Jews, which is what we'll read later when we go further in the account. Understand something. Satan is fully involved in this because who is the author of confusion? None other than Satan himself. He wants to keep us confused. He wants to keep us blind. He wants us to wait and wait and wait until it's too late to make a decision for Jesus. That's why Jesus warns us back at John 12:35. My light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can so the darkness will not overtake you. And that's really a message for every person who knows someone that needs to know Jesus. Don't stop praying for those individuals who are wrestling with who Jesus is. What is truth? Don't stop praying for him. Yes, Ronnie, he did have a warning from his wife's dream. It's in another account, and I thought about that. Yeah, his wife was like totally freaked out at what was happening. Pontius Pilate's wife, totally freaked out. She had a dream about it. Don't mess with this man. Don't do this. Don't sentence this person. Now I don't know how well Pilate listened to his wife on that one. But what did I just get through saying earlier? You've got people surrounding you who are giving you information about the direction you should be going, but you're choosing not to go. You've got people all around you who know Jesus. You've got people all around who are praying for you and saying they're praying for you. But at the end of the day, you still have to pull the trigger and decide. Pray that we recognize that Jesus was using Annas and Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate in this situation. Nothing strange going on here. He knew exactly what was going on. Thank you for putting the reference in there. Matthew 27, 19. That's exactly right. Um, well, let's turn to that real quick. We're, gonna, we're almost done. Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27:19 And look at what she says too because this is something that God is using both Pilate and his wife to communicate innocence. You know, my lovely bride is my better half. You know what? It's always wise when I listen to her. I don't ignore my wife. Not intentionally. You know, sometimes I'll be distracted. You know, I'm looking at something else and she'll try to show me something. And she'll come back and say, I said, because she knows that I've I've missed something. But I always listen to her. And Pilate should have listened to his wife on this one. Just then, verse 19, Matthew 27. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Hmm. But that's all we have. That's all we know. Pilate is being faced with truth and yet truth is relative. But he has to decide what to do here. But he doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to do anything. As we continue in this study, when we get, next, get to next week, we'll see this further. The takeaway here for today We still have a mission for the Lord. Our mission is to make sure that we are doing everything we can. Prayer. Why do you think a prayer ministry is important now? In prayer, supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Let Him know what's on your heart. Let Him know what's on your mind. Let Him know what's important. He knows your heart. Let him know what's important. Let him know about your concern for those who don't have a relationship with him. And pray for those people. If someone asks you what is truth, tell them the one place for truth is the focus on Jesus Christ. Jesus is truth. He came here specifically. What does it say in His Word? I was born and came into the world, in verse 37, to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. That's part of your prayer. Let's pray here. Lord, thank you for this time that we spent in your word. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for the teaching through the Spirit. We thank you for the reminders that we do indeed live in an age of grace, but it's going to be the time is going to be short between now and darkness comes over us. Lord, we pray that as we have this time now, that people come to a saving knowledge of You, that You indeed speak to them through the Spirit, that You bring as many people into the kingdom as possible, Lord. Lord, we pray for that. We thank You for Your presence. Teach us, O Lord. Guide us. Comfort us. Encourage us. Help us to experience your peace through this troubled world. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining me for this live stream Sunday School edition. This standard time edition. (laughs) We appreciate you being here today. Um, for those of you online, stay tuned online. We will have uh, our live service as well coming up at about 11 o'clock online here on this Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page timeline. Join us for Akron Alliance at akronalliance.org for a- additional content as well. And we appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.